Hey listeners, this is Ben, the Amateur Exegete, and you're listening to Episode 8 of Bible Study for Amateurs. Today's episode is, God Said It, I Believe It, and That Settles It for Me. Back in the early 2000s, while I was at Pensacola Christian College, one of the school's ensembles, a group of four students who signed up to sing during chapel services, church services, and then toured the country during the summer serving in churches via music ministry, stood up before the campus pastor delivered his message and sang a song entitled, God Said It, I Believe It. Here's the chorus to that song, sung by 70s Christian sensation, The Heritage Singers, for your listening pleasure. think you get the gist of the song. The Bible is God's word, and we can either choose to believe it or reject it. For these singers, crooning in the 1970s, the choice is clear. God said it. They believe it. And that settles it for them. There's something at once appealing and appalling in the simplicity of this view. Over the past few weeks, We've been looking at seven ways the Bible is problematic for modern readers, per Kristen Swenson, in her work, A Most Peculiar Book. Today, we look at the final problem. Most of its readers today believe in the Bible. In discussing this, Swenson is clear that she doesn't intend to be snarky, like you must be some kind of idiot to believe in the Bible. She writes... I am arguably one such reader, one who can claim to believe in the Bible. But she wants to provide some nuance to it, and for good reason. As we've seen in the last six episodes or so of Bible Study for Amateurs, the Bible is not an easy read. It can be complex and perplexing. Consequently, For those who believe in the Bible, there are some serious pitfalls and perils. For example, if you claim to believe in the Bible, and that includes the book of Deuteronomy, what do you do with texts like Deuteronomy chapter 21 verses 18 through 19, which orders that disobedient sons be stoned to death, or Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 11 that forbids the wearing of clothes where wool and linen have been woven together, or Deuteronomy 14, verse 8, which forbids eating pork chops, bacon, ham, and anything else pig-related. 
The list goes on and on. Most readers of the Bible look at texts like these and figure out some workaround, either to circumvent it completely or deny its force in the modern era. But Swenson's track is a little different, and it's one that I find very appealing, especially as an atheist. She urges people to actively question the Bible. The notion that to question the Bible is to disrespect or otherwise belittle it is not just intellectual malpractice, it is cheap faith, she writes. Though I don't have any faith in the Bible or God, I do think she hits the nail on the head here. To quote Richard Elliott Friedman, as I do at the end of every episode, one does not need to deny what is troubling about the Bible in order to pay respect to what is heartening. For Christians and Jews, this may look different than what it looks like for me. I deny the Bible any supernatural priority, since I deny the existence of the supernatural. But Christian and Jewish readers may see in these texts a divine invitation to wrestle with important questions about the universe, what it means to be human, how we should treat our neighbor, and so on. And if reading the Bible for them produces a socially responsible consciousness that cares for the poor and the disenfranchised and stands up to the bullies and would-be autocrats of the world, more power to them. As for me... As an atheist who loves the Bible, reading it without an eye for its divine claims doesn't mean I don't derive any meaning from it, or that it is merely a text to study. Swenson writes that a so-called secular, maybe atheist reader, might discover passages or qualities that stimulate his or her own sense of the holy, a sense of truth and beauty. The Bible endures and invites continual engagement, and there is something in it for everyone, something if not holy, then at least intriguing and even meaningful. Let me give you one example. Back in June of 2021, I was reading in the book of Sirach, a piece of apocryphal literature considered deuterocanonical by certain sects of Christianity, but entirely apocryphal and therefore non-canonical by others. While reading chapter 11, I found this. Do not praise individuals for their good looks or loathe anyone because of appearance alone. The bee is small among flying creatures, but what it produces is the best of sweet things. I think you get the point of this pithy proverb. Things aren't always as they appear, so form your impressions about things based upon things more important than mere appearance. That may have no significance for you, but that day when I read that, that passage became meaningful for me. That's all the time we've got this week. See you next time. And remember, in the words of Richard Elliott Friedman, one does not need to deny what is troubling about the Bible in order to pay respect to what is heartening. See ya.